Good afternoon, Ashley Priest, live from Australia. Good morning to the UK viewers who are maybe just waking up to Aston Villa's 1-0 victory over Leeds United in Brisbane. Uh, Ash, how are you, mate, from a busy-sounding press box over there? Yeah, it's busy, yeah. Uh, packed press, co- press box. I've spoken to Stephen Gerrard for the first time as well. I spoke to Danny Ings, which is brilliant. Um, so nice to catch up with them. And yeah, I'm, the jet lag's hit me. I ain't going to lie to you, Dan. The jet lag has got me good and proper. It's, it's half five in the afternoon here. Um, I keep getting up at five in the morning, half four in the morning, I keep getting up. Oh, so so you've already done 12 hours today then. Yeah, yeah, and no, it's one of them, I can't get back to sleep, and so yeah, I'm feeling it now. But I've got to play through, bit of a free day tomorrow-ish, and then uh, hopefully I'm there, but yeah, um, good civil win today. I just texted my brother who was in the stand behind the goal, he said, how was it? He said it was brilliant, it was brilliant behind the goal, he's like a, he's, the stadium's like a mini Wembley, he called it, it's really nice stadium. Yeah, look. Um, and yeah, 40,000 in there. Just a real, real nice moment for, for the expats and people who live so far away from Villa Park. We, we, me and you take it for granted, Dan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I spoke, spoke to that many people. It's such a big deal, you know. It's like seeing, seeing mums and dads with their little kids here today. Villa fans everywhere, getting all the merch and that. It just, yeah, it's, it's quite emotional, really. Do you know what I mean? I, I bigger deal Villa are for them. And, uh, I saw a nice tweet earlier. I'm trying to find it now. And typically, as we're doing this live, I can't find it. Here we go. I found it. Uh, yeah, go on. Hayley said, my dad's first football game was at Villa Park back in 1966 with his granddad. 56 wow. years later, my son's first game to see the mighty Villa as well with his granddad. Uh, say what you want about exhibition games. They make special moments like this happen. There's a picture of the guy with the, the grandson. Uh, in the stadium, which yes, it is a nice moment. Love it. Like you said, that, that we do take for granted. Um, there's a question here from Rob. Well, this will be a very random podcast, I think. By the way, yeah, go on. And out of, of topics for the next twenty minutes or so. Question from Rob. He says, "Would jet lag be a problem for the players when they get back to the UK?" Now we spoke about jet lag on our pre-season chat last week, saying, "You know, how is it going to affect you and the players going over there?" And a lot of people said, "Well, you know, jet lag seems to affect you more on the journey back." From your experience, it affects you on the journey there as well. So, you know, we're talking about uh, it's, it's only a two-hour flight to Townsville. It's only this back to the UK via Dubai and all this. But it does take it out of you, doesn't it? He's asking me to play against Ren the week I'm back. I've got no chance. I've got no chance. I'm not fixed either. No <laughs> why. Um, great question from Rob. That um, I'll put that to the manager in midweek, just how, how that affects the players. Because, like you say, they probably get back in Monday. Some, some stage Monday, they'll have Monday off. They'll probably have Tuesday's a recovery session. And they're back to Ren then, quick turnaround. Then the Premier League starts a week later. So, great question from Rob. I'll put that to the manager. And jet lag has only kicked in today for me. I've been I've been kind of buzzing off. The, I've had the adrenaline, haven't I? Buzzing off the excitement of being here. Working, getting all the videos last night. Um, following updates as and when I can. But now it's like... And um, it's come on the busiest day with the match. I've got loads to do. So, uh, <laughs> typical. But yeah, quite a question from Rob. And yeah, I'll put that to the manager. And like you say, you got your Martinez. He's missing Troy's today. Mm. I think there was eight from the, the tour squad that weren't, weren't even named on the team sheet. So he'll mix and match. Um, I'm sure Martin will get some games on Wednesday, as will a few others. But yeah, jet lag will be an issue for the squad, um, I'm sure. So yeah, Gerald's yeah, got a big big squad, as I've said to you before. There, His, his quote was in the press conference, he's got a bloated squad. So he'll look to um, shuffle it as he sees fit. I've, I've experienced it as well for the people that maybe haven't travelled as far as you have over there. How do you describe the feeling of jet lag? What's it like? It's really tired, aren't you? Um, lethargic. 
and just you want to, you want to, you want to go back to bed. You want, you want to keep going about keep a need, but um, yeah, it just drains you. I've only just feeling it now today, really, from about lunchtime onwards, and um, milling around the stadium and your energy sapped out of you. So mm. hopefully, it'll be right as rain tomorrow, we can crack on them. But um, yeah, it will, will affect the playing squad, I'm sure. They've had, they've had pool sessions, light sessions at the, the complex now, but yeah, it's hit me like a, like a train now, but mm. yeah. Like over, I think, so, yeah, maybe without yeah. bad headaches, yeah, yeah, kind of throwing up everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the football, then actually, let's start with. Let's start with Gerald's presser because obviously I've not seen that anywhere else this morning. Obviously, it's still early back in the UK. The, the yep. biggest line from the things I've seen so far is about Esri Concer being back yeah. fit and available for selection, which he must be a robot to be back from that injury as soon as he was. I think the, the original uh, quote was 16 weeks and it's been, what, 8, 9, 10 maybe, a push? And he's back yeah. and ready for selection on Wednesday. That's pretty yeah. incredible, really. Superhuman from Esri Concer, recovery-wise. I, mean, I think he's probably two, two months ahead of schedule, you know? But he's back. He trained. He trained yesterday for the first time with the group, full contact on Saturday, and he's back in contention now against Brisbane Raw in Townsville. So, yeah, incredible uh, recovery. Luca Dean is similar when he had inj- his injury last season, but he was back yeah. ahead of schedule. So, yeah, I don't know what the, what the doctors are doing or who's the who's the masseurs, but they're uh, doing something right. And Conter's back and available, and it will be welcome, you know, because obviously Josh Feeney stepped in today. Did well, Josh. And he, he, and he turned seventeen back in May. Um, he came in in the second half um, to fill that fourth centre-back role. Obviously, Mings and Chambers started. Diego Carlos come on. Then all of a sudden, Josh Feeney's fourth choice, given the injuries we've got with Horse and Conta. Well, yeah, Conta's back now. A surprise revelation, really, um, given the 16-week diagnosis. But back two months ahead of schedule. And... Um, Bit of, bit of a bonus, really, isn't it, Dan? Don't you think? Mm, yeah, 100%. There's a, a, a comment here from Paul. He says, what are your thoughts on Mings, Carlos and Chambers? It'll be interesting on who Stephen Gerrard decides as his two centre-backs for that, that first competitive game against Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, Concert now back back into the fold a little bit. We all thought, you, you know, there's no way he'll have a pre-season. He probably won't feature for the, the first few weeks, maybe the first month of, of the Premier League. Yeah. As we constantly get himself back up to speed, it now becomes four into two for that first game of the season. So, how from what you've seen from Warsaw and, and Leeds today, if you if you having to select the the starting centre backs for Bournemouth Ooh. this afternoon, yeah. who would you yeah. go for? Obviously, Mings and Diago Carlos are probably the first choice right now. I think can't. I mean, Chelsea can't get on. He's fit and available, as Gerard says. But you do wonder will it take a bit of time? Could there be a um, reoccurrence of that? But yeah, right now, you probably say, I don't know, in the comment section, what do you reckon? Strongly centre arse, probably Tori Mings is the captain again today. And Diego Carlos will probably start as well. So I don't think Chambers did, did enough today, but I'm, I'm, I'm a Chambers fan. I thought he played well on his last game against Man City back in May. And um, but yeah, nice options to have. Pretty decent there. I don't know if people think there's not enough centre backs now that that, that, that position is now done for the season ahead. When you think, Dan, as well, got Courtney Hall to come back from his injury, what happened with him, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think Mings and Diego Carlos are probably first choice right now. How did Feeney get on, by the way? I think he played 20 minutes or so, was it? He got Diego Carlos out of jail, to be fair. Diago Carlos slipped over in the penalty box. And Feeney, Feeney was in a good position, read the danger and cleared it for him. So, yeah, big fan of Feeney, Dan. I really am. England under-17 captain. Um, like you say, he's quite tall. Gerard loves him as well. Gerard's always speaking to him. Uh, great prospect Villa have there. Good, really good signing from Fleetwood. I think it was last year, year before. 
be a, looks like a bit of first team player to be fair, but obviously he'll stay, stay around the first team group up until Christmas. Could could get a loan in January, but it's always difficult for for centre halves to go out on loan, isn't it? Mm. That physicality. Um, so yeah, he's one that's developing nicely. Played well today. Big experience for him today against against Premier League opposition, and I think Feeney yeah. should yeah really 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 positive showing from him. A um, couple of questions in the comments about players missing, almost a little bit of concerns, I guess. And hopefully, you can clear up uh, Martinez and Cameron Archer not getting any minutes. Is there anything deeper there than just rotation? Yeah, just rotation. He's the only one that's picked up an injury. He's uh, Jaden Villagin Bidice. He hasn't trained for the last two days. Obviously, he missed today. So, he, he's picked up a knock. Other than that, your Martinez, Trores, Kessler Haydens, the ones that weren't, weren't named on the team sheet, they're all fine, ready to go. I believe, and yeah, it's Brisbane Raw on Wednesday and then Man U. So two games left of the tour, and um, Gerard will shuffle his pack around to, to pick, pick the teams and get minutes in the legs. Yeah, Kessler Hayden probably throws a pretty interesting talking point with, with Gilbert. I think there was a comment earlier on. Um, can't find it. Basically, like, is Gilbert playing a, a surprise, and, and is that that he's playing for potential shop window to to seal a move elsewhere, or is he going to be second choice to cash with Kessler Hayden going out on loan? Um, how do you assess Gilbert's future? What do you think? I think it's all there to play for. I think Gerard played him today to have a look at him. His first real chance to have a look at him in a game situation. Because obviously he wasn't... Yeah. He, 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 last season on loan, for the entirety of that, he's had a few weeks with Gerard now, making a first impression on him. And I think Gerard wanted to test him today. Gilbert, well, the second half was a bit, a bit bitty, if you know what I mean, Dan. A lot, a lot of ch- challenges going. It's very stop-start. Yeah, boy do it. Yeah, a lot of needle, yeah. Say that again. Um... Yeah, I think Emmy I've seen him go berserk at Gilbert trying to overplay. But yeah, I, I, probably if he'd proven a point, I think Gilbert needed to put in a bit of a better showing today for me down that right right back slot. But yeah, it was steady Eddie from him. But if, if you want to prove a point, you, you want to be challenging your Matty Cashes. You got to do that a little bit more. Whereas in the first half, what Matty Cash played, played well with Leon Bailey ahead of him. Leon Bailey today was a really good pick in that first half, full of purpose, pace, power. Really good Leon Bailey today and hopefully he's turned the corner now, remains fit and he can really be a weapon for Villa going into the new season. We've talked a lot about how how you kind of assess a pre-season game and how much you take from it. Let's come up here from Mark. I just want to get your opinion on his opinion. He says, I thought we were more streetwise today in terms of winning and giving away free kicks. And I enjoyed the way that we were more aggressive out of possession. Uh, aggressive is probably the right word from from the, the way the game went with tackles flying in from both sides. Yeah. Jesse Marsh just talked about the, the McGinn challenge and hope, hoping that it's just a sprain on that on the, the the young Leeds lad. Strange in a way to have a friendly be so kind of bitty like that and so aggressive, but the flip side of me thinks that it's good to have a, a friendly game that's got a bit of bite about it and, and to play yeah. it as if it is a real fixture because you know passing it around the back and not really doing much and winning 8-0 doesn't really do much for you. No, very competitive today. It was like a Premier League fixture at times out there and that's what you want. That's how you get ready for the new season. So, yeah, well, I had no problems with it, to be fair. Maybe the referee lacked a bit of... Didn't really control matters, really. The game got by too, too often. Um, didn't really have the respect of the players and obviously the challenges are flying in, as we've seen. But, yeah, good preparation for that one, if you're asking me. And, yeah, well, the lad's all right. He's 16, isn't he? The young lad. Uh, yeah. begins steamed into... Um, but yeah, I haven't seen Jesse Marsh's comments yet. I've, I've darted back up here, but yeah, good preparation. You, know, you want to play these tests. You don't want to be strolling around, uh, going through the motions. So yeah, good good one out for Villa today. 
I've seen the lead side of it saying it's like a disgusting tackle and stuff like that. I'm not sure I'd go that far personally. It's it's a fifty fifty ball to be won from the, the clip I've seen of it. So, you know, you go in for it and, and that's fair enough. Um Marsh said uh, I can just find the line very quickly just to uh, get their side. He said we're hopeful it's not too bad. He was in some pain initially, but we're hopeful nothing is broken. Hoping it's just an ankle sprain, and we'll see the severity of it in the next couple of days. Uh, yep. Gerard said, "We wish the young kid very well. Hopefully, it's not a long-term injury." Um, John's got the ball, and he's been unlucky enough to follow through. Um, there was one just before by the same lad on Brendy, and my heart was in my mouth. So, you know, back and yeah. forth from both sides, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Gerard and Jesse Marsh having words on the touchline as well. Bit of back and forth there, but bit of back and forth on the pitch, wasn't it, Dan? Like you say, tit for tat. Mm-hmm. You steam in tomorrow, mate. I'm going to get you now. One of them ones happens on the football pitch, and yeah, unfortunately for the young lad. He had a full meatball running at him, so uh, yeah, wish him luck. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So there will be Leeds fans that find their way onto this video. Um, we don't want to make light of a, of a player getting injured. Obviously, yeah, we do do wish him well. Um, Cam says, Good to meet the great man Ash last night. You've been meeting the fans. Cam. Yeah, legend, mate. Blown, I'm blown away by it, Dan. I really am. The, love the podcast as well. They get the awesome. set alarms to listen to this podcast. The podcast got a really good review okay. last night. Everyone, yeah, everyone loves yourself and Matt Kendrick. Um, mate, yeah. The response I had last night has blew my head. Um, I saw, just, I saw I, the video. Just, obviously, I saw the video because I've been uploading the stuff that you've been sending. But the one where yeah. you're like walking around the pub, going, "Oh, wait, I'm doing a video," and everyone's cheering and stuff, and someone went up the Burger Mail. I just love yeah. that. It's like a throwaway line of everything yeah. to shout at you. It's crazy, man. Because me and you we jump on a stream yard, have a chat. We don't really, I mean, we don't really think about who's watching, how many's watching. We just, yeah. we just do it for the love of the job kind of thing. But honestly, the Clayton Real podcast is a massive. Massive reviewing yesterday. Everyone loves it. People setting alarms for it. People using it to drive to work in Australia when they're out here as well. And yeah, it blew my head, man. <laughs> yeah, taking a back boy, it really was. And that, that is mad that people set their alarms to watch our, our drivel. They could just watch it later down the line. They don't have to watch it live, but that, that commitment is, is great. Um, not to yeah, it, jump it too much. It was supposed to be a day off for me today, but I thought we've won a game. Let's jump on, let's chat for, for 20 minutes or so. Nice uh, and get a, get a quick podcast out. Back to the football. Like I said at the start, this is going to be a bit all over the place. A question from Adam no, Wright, friend of the show. He says, Ash, what's happening with Douglas Louise? Speculation seems to have disappeared. Do you think he'll stay now? And a lot of kind of tweets from Villa. Lots of pictures of him in training and stuff like that, which every every comment underneath is on the contract, sign the contract, sign the contract. Um, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because we've well, we've both talked about it before. I still kind of am half expecting that he'll just run that contract down and get a nice big free agent bonus somewhere next summer. But he seems to be happy around the place, and if he does sign a new contract, that's that's only a positive for Aston Villa. Yeah, beforehand, Gerard wasn't really open about speaking about Douglas's future. Um, it's been different with Carney, as we know. But yeah, it's something I put to Gerard in, in midweek over in Townsville. Today was just match specific questions, no transfer stuff today. We don't want to try and calm that down, but so it was just match stuff today and squad stuff. And, but yeah, we'll see how Douglas' situation. It'll all come out. It'll all come out in the wash. So uh, we'll hear from the manager on him this week and we'll get a bit more clarity on that. But at the moment, it's like, as, the, as you were, Douglas is happy. He was happy down there, dancing along at the end with the fans and whatnot. <laughs> And um, he's happy. Villa are happy with him, I suspect as well. So, yeah, he obviously started today, didn't he? In that, that number eight position with Kamara just just behind him, so that that suited him a bit better. And yeah, what's the situation? We'll get clarity this week. It'll all come out, and um, 
yeah, watch his space with that one. Let's talk about Kamara then. Very classy looking player. He only played the first 45 minutes, but looks the, the next level midfielder that we've been hoping. He's been touted as, you know, big European profile and all this kind of thing. Next next level player, young, uh, mm. young good profile, Champions League pedigree, all these different things. But it's good to have, you know, it's one thing having that billing of when you sign for a club and the expectations, but to come and actually play your first couple of minutes and, and be, be instantly good from the off. Um, yeah. How did you assess Kamara and, and how do you think he'll slot into that midfield going forward? Looks the real deal, that mate. And, and, and I can't put you up and it looks unbelievable. He's a really imposing figure as well. I, I thought he was only slight. We see him in the flesh as well. Really imposing, quite tall, rangy. Gets around the pitch lovely. Got a great way to pass. Floating passes out left, right, centre. And he nips in and wins the ball back for you as well. We got all, Yeah, like I say, he's, he's barking orders as well. Telling Mings, come and show for the ball. Come on, help me out. And I don't think give the ball away. I can't in the end give the, the amount of times he gave the ball away he was brilliant um, and yeah Gerard's given him a big billing as we all know in the comments best young player in Europe but he looks a real deal today what a signing that could be could be signing in the summer throughout the Premier League that one you know I'm, I'm back honestly I know it's Leeds in a friendly today but yeah he, he, he cruised through that and looked very good as well he, even going forward as well the, the, his vision putting putting balls into Bailey's coming in and, and Watkins he, he sees it all out there and He's a bit of a midfield general. He really is. And supporters only right to be excited by him. What a signing that'll be. Yeah, as always, when we sign a good player, we don't want to talk about selling them already because that's silly. Let's enjoy these players while we've got them. But it's going to only be a matter of time before one of the big, big boys in, in Europe come back for for him. Us getting him on a free sign, a free signing is, is great, but wages will be signing on contracts, agents, all that. We've spent good money getting Kamara here that other clubs maybe wouldn't have been able to have done across Europe. But... He'll be a 60, 70 million player one day if he if he continues on the trajectory that people expect him to. And Villa have got to match the ambitions of these players that they're signing and get themselves into Europe if, if they want to keep these players around. Otherwise, like I said, the the elite clubs are going to come in for people like Kamara, Martinez, people like that. Um, all right, Dan. All right, Dan. So, what I'm saying is get into Champions League ourselves next year and we've got nothing to worry about. Elsewhere in the squad, from the players that were already here last year, Who's impressed you so far in, se- in pre-season across the two games? Is anyone impressed games, that you maybe thought that maybe didn't have a future here or, or anything like that? You think, oh, actually, there's something there. Leon, Leon Bailey, Leon Bailey, in both games, you're very good. Today, in, him and Cash, you've got something going down that right-hand side, you know, Dan. Very good together. Very athletic. They get back, they help each other out. And they've got a bit of a sting in the tail as well going forward. So, yeah, Leon Bailey was the one for me today and... You see, that, that, that little partnership down that right side it looks pretty decent. So, took his goal last week, Bailey at Warsaw, Bailey. And today he was unlucky with, a, with a, few, a few efforts as well. So, yeah, Leon Bailey, pick a pre-season so far, for sure. Yeah, Morgan Santon was good last week, but today, not really. Like, second half was a bit, a bit scrappy, wasn't it? And he couldn't get involved as much. Aaron Ramsey didn't really get a kick either on that left-hand side. So, but yeah, pick a pre-season so far, Leon Bailey. And today, Bubakar Kamara. What a player he looks. Yeah, lots of comments about Bailey looking good, which is uh, which is nice to see. Something a point for him to prove next season. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Okay. Ings and Watkins. I was about to say we're almost done then, but we're probably not. And um, the two strikers, Watkins missing a, a pretty decent chance, uh, one on one, I guess you could call it. Have you seen the replay, Dan? Is it, is it, was, was it a good side? Was it looked or? Oh, I don't want to be too harsh on on Watkins. I, there was a lot of talk about him getting a, a finishing coaching yeah, and all yeah. this stuff yeah. and getting back to pre-season and he's got a pretty decent chance in, in this game and then 
doesn't score it and you think mm, what's he been working on <laughs> yeah that was the same as last year uh, yeah. I don't want to be too harsh on him on the second game of pre-season but you do kind of think you've maybe got a score from there. But I'm not a professional footballer, so I expect these guys to know better than me. But it didn't look like the right way to hit it. It looked high. It looked surely you keep that low and try and find a corner than just yeah. kind of blast it at goalkeeper's height to, to use a cliche. So it looked yeah. a decent save, but it could have been a better better finish from Watkins, I think. Well, obviously, he could, yeah. he could have scored. And the flip side of that is Ings obviously scores a penalty, penalty later on in the game. Um, so how, how do you assess the, the strikers? Is it still two up front? Is it one up front with, with Bailey wide and Katina the other side maybe or Bandia the other side? I asked Danny Ings that quick question. I said, what's your relationship like with Ali Watkins knowing you're fighting for a shirt every week? Near enough, obviously with Gerard playing one up front. He said, they push each other on. It's good competition to have and they get on really well off the pitch as well. But um, yeah, I think in terms of, I think it's I think it's horses for courses. Depends who you're playing against. Obviously, Ings is the better finisher of the two. Watkins gives you a bit more legs in behind and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's still a good debate to have, isn't it? But um, what we say, Cameron Archer got something to say about that as well. Keena Davis wasn't involved today. His future remains a bit uncertain. So yeah, the striker situation. Yeah, I think they're both fighting for that one shirt. I think Gerard will play one up front more times than not. And yeah, I think Mockies is showing that a little bit, a little bit more ruthlessness, doesn't it? Obviously, you hired, you hired a finishing coach for a reason over the summer just to sharpen up in, in that aspect and hopefully he finds, finds his feet. But yeah, good save from the keeper today. But on with you, Danny. You want to want in on goal as a striker. You've got to be favourite to take that. So um, yeah. And obviously, Danny is getting the score sheet today. Look very confident speaking yeah. to him just, just now as well. So he'll be full of it. Not score the not score whenever you play. And last year about the penalty situation. Who's your penalty taker for the season? Mm. He's still up for grabs that one. He, it was on him. He chose Coutinho to have that today, the first one, which he missed. He tried to be clever with the, the rebound as well, because the keeper was diving that way. He tried to second guess him as well. Good save with his legs to be fair. So yeah. and then Danny Ings, Danny Ings, good penalty. No one saved that roller into near corner. So yeah, penalty takers up for grabs. And yeah, interesting he'll take that further now from the season. Yeah, we talk about Archer and Ings being good finishers. You always just think, well, it's always going to happen every time Watkins plays and misses a chance. People are going to go, oh, I feel like Ings could have scored there. But well, Archer's clinical, he could have scored from there. So it's good to have options in a way. And as long as you're still creating chances, you'd back one of the three to score one of these chances yeah. at some point. So keep creating and goals will come, you know, hopefully. And there's still a few weeks of pre-season for Watkins to, to get his shooting boots on anyway. So I'm not going to be too harsh on him just yet. Um the last kind of point I want to talk talk about because there's a lot of talk on Twitter, on Twitter about you know we still need another striker because of these missed chances. We probably still need another midfielder. I don't really want to talk too much about transfers because we're going to catch up again in the week, so we'll maybe have a, a more transfer focused episode then. So I just want to finish with how this whole experience ranks for you in terms of, of following Villa and reporting on Villa. Obviously, it's only pre-season, it's Leeds United, but it's Australia, it's 40,000. You're there covering it for us. You've got fans coming up to you all the time. How does this whole experience kind of rank for you as a, as a supporter, as a, as a reporter? Very emotional, that's what I've said. Very emotional, you know. Um, speaking to that many people last night who, who love the channel, um, really like me as well. It's, yeah, yeah, taken aback by it, I really am. Um, yeah, I've seen my brother yesterday as well, and I'll see him. And yeah, it's crazy. It's just just the love, the, the love they have for the villa as well, following our channel. And I mean, they're the, the following from from so far away, yet 
they're so close to it, if you know what I mean. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how, that's how I get it. Yeah, they yeah. absolutely love it. And, yeah, really positive. Yesterday was unbelievable scenes. and I spoke to that many people as well. I'm just, just so happy Villa are in town. First time ever. They're, they're, they're having to set their alarms at ridiculous clock today, 4 a.m., 3 a.m., just to watch Villa. Um, whereas now the shoe's on the other foot. They had a good day out today in the sunshine on my right down there. And, yeah. Very good. Everyone getting together. People that haven't seen it. People that podcast together. People that speak to speak each other about the villa over the phone and whatnot. They're getting together down here, and yeah, very emotional, really. Me covering it as well. Massive villa fan. Um, I have to pinch myself for sometimes, but uh, here we are. I thought you were on cry for a second then. It's hitting you, isn't it? Bloody hell. Uh, no, it's good. It's good. You you want to go to these things and have have support from people and, and obviously go in there and see, seeing Villa win as well is, is a big positive. Yeah. Makes the job so much easier when Villa, Villa are performing and, and doing well. So the last thing you want to do is fly all the way to Australia and we lose 5-0 to Leeds today and you think, oh, it's only pre-season. But yeah, you still want to win. So awesome. yeah, pretty, pretty much a perfect day, really. So yeah. Um, in terms of your your next few days, what's the plan? Obviously, there's um, the next game is, is well, it's Wednesday morning here. So is that Tuesday night for you, or is it Wednesday night? I don't know which way around it is. It's a Monday. I'll do a Q and I. I'll get that UK time eight o'clock in the morning. So get amongst it on the Q and I. Um, I'll do a newsletter for you as well, based on some juicy bits Gerard said in his press conference. Um, I think I was the only local reporter there from, from Villa, so. I'll get some bits for the press conference into, into your email, news baskets, song for the nice. newsletter. And, uh, and yeah, that's it really. Q&A, big one. Quite a lot doing them. And, yeah, again, just de- detailing my journey, what, what's going on behind the scenes and, and whatnot. So, and yeah, all looking forward to the, the Brisbane Raw game, who's playing, and then what the week looks like for Villa as well in, in terms of training-wise, um, any fan events coming up. And yeah, oh yeah, but but yeah, I'll be detailing how it was today, all the merchandise outside and whatnot, and the the vibe going into Townsville in, on Wednesday up, up the coast. I think it's a two-hour flight for me up the coast, and then over to Perth. So yeah, plenty happening. Spoken to Gerard for the first time as well since since the summer, which is really good. So I've got some bits from that. Um, and yeah, looking looking ahead now, and the, the, the players who need to impress still and. Yeah, really, really good so far. So two games to go, one down, two to go. When do you think we'll start to see more of a a rigid team throughout the whole game? Because obviously it's still two 45-minute halves at the moment. Will, will that be something that they do for the rest of Australia? Because obviously there's only three pre-season games there. I mean, it's less than three weeks now until we kick off the, yeah. the new season. At what point do you play either a full 90-minute side or a 60-minute side? When do you think they'll transition to that? Yeah, to be either man, the Manu game or the, the Ren game. I, I suspect it'd be the Ren game, given the amount of travelling involved, going over to Perth yeah, and play, see what players are available and fit. And, and that, So, yeah, I think the Ren game, the week before the season, I think you'll probably see Villa's strongest 11 starts and play an hour or something like that ahead of Bournemouth. So, yeah, Gerard keeps mentioning Bournemouth. It's all focus on Bournemouth. He wants to get them. Wants to get his uh, main man fit and firing. Um, he will try and be fair with, with the rest of the squad with the, with the two games that have to go down here. But his full focus is on Bournemouth. He needs to get his, his, his starters over bang on, bang up for it, minutes in the tank, and uh, ready to go from the off. Because I think I think I think it's important to have a good start. I know he said that every year, and, but um, given the World Cup year and there's a bit, a bit of a break after 15, 16 games, I think I think Gerard wants Villa in a really good place. You know. Going into that little winter don't, break, don't we all? <laughs> don't we all? I know. Yeah, but um, yeah. Otherwise, the flip side, if you're struggling, it's 
it's not good, is it? So you, you want to start off that on the front foot. I think the fixtures are quite kind on paper. So hopefully we uh, have a flying start and then build that momentum and it snowballs then, doesn't it? And we can have a really successful season. So that's the plan. And and yeah, looking forward to it. See how it roll, uh, unravels. But yeah, today, Bubakar Kamara. For those that didn't watch it, what a player. Good player. And that's a nice place to end it, Ash. Thank you very much for your for your time, your dedication, as always. Uh, get yourself back to your, your hotel and get some sleep because you're going to need it over the next few days. <laughs> this, this jet lag doesn't go away easy. Um, no, it's, it's dark, dark here now, six o'clock. Dark. Yeah, you keep saying, don't you? It's their winter there because uh, you you sent some videos last night and you saying it'll be getting dark soon. And I was thinking it's only like five o'clock there, but of course, yeah, the sun sunrises uh, sets sets early. Thanks to the 350, 400 people that have been watching this live this morning across nice Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter today. Um, but thanks very much for for tuning in. As always, we appreciate your comments and questions. Uh, Ash, we'll have another catch up Monday or Tuesday. I don't know yet. I don't know what time your flight is. It might be when yeah. you get to Townsville, maybe if that's a, a good thing. I'll send you a plan of the time zones back here. Uh, yeah. But certainly before the game kicks off on Wednesday, we'll have another, another catch up to how the squad's looking, any injuries, pre, uh, presser, training sessions, stuff like that. Um, yep. so we'll catch up again before the game, we'll catch up after the game, and then we'll turn our attention to Man United next weekend. So that's kind of the rough schedule for the week. Uh, Ash, like I said, thanks for your time. Thanks everyone for watching, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.